I don't call you a sexy boy for nothing. Hi and hello Watchmans and welcome to another edition of The Real Time Show with me, your friendly neighbourhood watchmaker, Rob Nuds. I am joined today in the virtual studio by my good friend, the sexy boy himself, Guillaume Lede. How are you, my friend? <laughs> uh, always sexy. I try to be like you, but uh, I try only. <laughs> I think you succeed. I think it's a, it's a it's not even a joke. It's just a, it's a running theme in the industry that this is how you're known. I thought it was personal between us. I thought like you called me tit boy, I called you sexy boy. I thought that was like our little vibe. But no, apparently like even even like people that I I've never heard of before referring to you as sexy boy. So you know it's fair enough though. You're talking about Balash? Oh, uh, I've heard of Balash. Balash is famous. Balash is renowned around the industry. But I mean, loads of people, just people on the street. Okay, but because my only fan is quite popular now. You you know, I have uh, Avalanche. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is? I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, making enough margin anymore, so I try to uh, diversify my my source of revenue. So I have a feet only fan account now on Instagram. <laughs> uh, feet for feet. <laughs> yes, only feet. You know. <laughs> only feet. Okay, so if you notice that I go quiet in the middle of this podcast, you like Rob? Yeah. Rob, where are you? You know where I am. Signing up right now. Just get my credit card. Anyway, uh, so, okay, welcome to The Real Time Show. Thanks for joining us. It is a pleasure to have you here. Um, thanks for taking time away from your new OnlyFans account. That's really generous. For any of our listeners who aren't already acquainted with you and your meteoric rise to superstardom in the watchmaking industry, is who the hell are you and why should they care? Give us an introduction. Well, um, I'm Guillaume Lede. I'm 37 years old. I was born in Cognac. Southwest of France. Uh, then I, I moved to my first job was uh, in Switzerland in the uh, in the watchmaking industry at at Zenit. So um, I learned my basics there. Uh, I was uh, uh, just a bit of starting a, a collection of watches because my my father introduced me to that. He was buying uh, vintage watches on eBay sometimes, and uh, and I discovered the, the vintage and uh, mechanical watches like this. Uh, and then I, I very much learned uh, my job at uh, at Zenit with uh, with uh, Romain Marietta that you that you may know uh, that is now a, a big guy in uh, at Zenit still, and and with Jean Frédéric Dufour, who is now the uh, the biggest guy in the industry, uh, CEO of Rolex. And uh, so I I learned uh, how the watchmaking industry was working there. I learned uh, a lot of things because the the, the team was very small. Uh, so I did uh, marketing, digital marketing. We are just opening the Instagram account, so uh, the YouTube account for for Zenit. Uh, it was the first time also watchmakers put online uh, their watches with prices. So it was a it was a big thing at that time, you know. Uh, watchmaking industry is always late, but uh, yes, it was in uh, in two thousand eleven, twelve, something like this. Uh, then I moved to to Girard Perego. I had a, a few months there uh, before I moved to to Gégère Le Coultre. That was my uh, second biggest, yes, uh, uh, because Girard Perego was quite quite quick because the, the brand was just bought by by caring. It was a it was a it was a tough time. I mean the. The, the company was, uh, structure was quite uh, strange. So I had a better opportunity at Jeja, who was already uh, a big brown with more uh, marketing budget, more interesting things to do. 
and I had the chance to cross uh, to cross Jérôme Lambert a bit and work a bit with him on uh, on movies on uh, on the digital um, area of um, of Gégère. Uh, and I got my first reverso too. I was a, a big fan of the brand before. So this was super cool. Uh, but it was also in Switzerland in, uh, at La Vallée Joux. So in the, working in the manufacture, it's, um, it's always interesting to see, uh, how the watches are done, to see the, the hundreds of components, uh, um, created in the, under the same roof, uh, because, uh, Jejar is mastering this, Zenit too. So two real manufacturers. And uh, and then I um, I knew that my path was not to to work for uh, for this kind of brand uh, and make all my career in uh, in this uh, kind of companies and big group because there is too much hierarchy too much uh, uh, too much bullshit about this you know the political shit that I don't like and uh, I created my my own brand uh, back in. 2015, so I was one of the first to make the, the Kickstarter brand um, based on a, on a vintage chrono I had. Um, uh, I had made a restored in La chaux uh, and a vintage chronograph, a 36 millimeter, um, gold-plated, uh, unbranded, that I, I, I was loving to, to wear and that I still wear, and that um, inspired me, the, the William L. 1985 brand, but to make an affordable version of this vintage uh, chronograph. And uh, and this is the second yes part I would say of, of my uh, watchmaking career. So there I, I learned the, the pre-order things, the, to build something with with nothing, uh, with my bare hands. With that you know, uh, Rob. And uh, so that was the uh, without any marketing budget, uh, without uh, a lot of help, and uh, and then to create a brand from zero to to three million turnover. Uh, to to have a team in in Paris and in, in Shenzhen uh, to to assemble the watches to and also to communicate on it and to say it. So I had the one hundred percent view, uh, from six, 360 view of the of the industry, but on a, another price level, uh, the enterprise level, uh, with the distribution, with the stock, with uh, all these nightmares you can have, and um, and then I so the the. I had a quick success on this uh, on this brand. Uh, the Kickstarter went very well. We made like two hundred thousand uh, USD in uh, in a few weeks. Uh, we sold thousands of watches, so it was super cool. Uh, and then we we started to distribute maybe too too early on the on the market on the on the wholesale. We work with distributors. We work with uh, Icewatch, Daniel Wellington. We are doing a lot of uh, of volumes and uh, and the the how do you say that the danger in this uh, on this market is when you have too much stock and that the sellout is not coming that well you you were thinking the distributor they just drop you uh, like shit and, and and you take back your your uh, your volumes and your uh, and your stock and then you have the the treasury uh, nightmare that starts so I had the the very good um, start and uh, for one in year and a half and uh, also uh, investor who, who put money on it. And uh, everything is is happy and, and, and going well. And then the two last years were super super stressed, super hard because the the, the business didn't uh, uh, say rise as as planned. And then you have the investor who is uh, going away, <laughs> who cut the 
we cut the money uh, and you have to fire everyone and to close the subsidiary in China and uh, and then you have the COVID. So it was a uh, it was tough period, but uh, the end was okay. I I succeeded to to sell the brand and to not leave my shirt. Um, but I, I don't sell it a, a million like uh, I, I could have done if I did it a few years before. So and and that's how in this um, in this failure I am. Um, The man who was doing my watches, uh, manufacturing part of my watches in Hong Kong, a French guy, uh, Rémi Chabra, uh, who is owning the Moïcha Group. Um, we, we talk in Paris and, uh, and during this talk uh, about what I was going to do next, uh, the Nevada Grand Chain name um, dropped on, on the table uh, because Rémi was friend, uh, he's still friend with, uh, with Andres Holzer, who is the, uh, the owner of the Nevada brand. And I said, what the fuck? You know this guy, but uh, he's doing nothing with uh, with this with this super cool brand. There is so much to do. And uh, I said, oh, okay, but okay, but I, I call him right now. So he called he called the guy, the, the billionaire guy, and uh, we had a, a talk and uh, we discussed about uh, what I was thinking about uh, uh, the future of of Nevada and what could be done to just uh, read it uh, uh, the, as much as possible the same kind of uh, the bestseller watch as the Chronomaster. Or the Antarctic and the Death Master, and to do it uh, affordable for Swiss made, but respecting the codes and respecting the the thickness and the diameter, what the, the watch geek like me like, love, respecting all those details, and that's all we started uh, in three years ago now. Uh, the, the Nevada Grand Chain brand, and thanks to the the support of. Uh, Of uh, bah, Fratello, uh, Odinki, uh, uh, One and One, uh, uh, all the all the cool guys uh, I met before uh, during also my my Nevada, my uh, William L and my Jejer uh, years, uh, we we raised the Nevada from zero to three thousand watches this year, uh, so it's so it's quite cool, and uh, and then that's all thanks to the success of the pre-order. Uh, in fact, I I mixed. Uh, sorry, maybe I speak too much. You have other question, or, or I, uh, my introduction is too long. <laughs> it's it's absolutely fine. I just made myself a cup of tea. I sat back and listened. You know, sometimes I forget that I'm actually recording the podcast and not just listening to a podcast. But you can carry on going for as long as you want. You've got an hour. Just uh, just give me a loud shout when you're done, and I'll wake up. Um, no, um, what was I going to say? I had something to say. I did have a question. I'm a podcast host. What I wanted to know was. What did you learn from the, shall we say, missteps that you took um, at the helm of William L that you managed to apply to Nevada Grenchen to ensure that this company didn't run into the same problems? But the, the stock, uh, the, the biggest thing is the, to keep the price uh, always at 100%. Uh, don't give discounts. Uh, uh, put uh, the same price all year. Uh, um, Uh, don't make too much mar margin and respect the the customer and the and the watch value. Oh, there is a a dog screaming outside. I don't know if you hear. Yeah, it's small. That's interesting addition to the podcast. That's the first dog. <laughs> it's for the animal lovers, you know. There is another only fan for this. But uh... <laughs> oh, God, this got really dark really fast. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, so I learned about this, you know, the distributor thing. So what I what I do, what I did, I mean, with uh, with Nevada is to to completely uh, cut the distributor things. Only work in direct with uh, 
retailers, but go to retailers only after the success online was enough and that people started to say, hey, man, I really need to see these pieces before I buy. <clears throat> I really need to, to feel it. So we started to, after one year and a half, to start a few point of sale. We started with one in California uh, named uh, Chatel, uh, which is a super cool guy, uh, a French uh, watchmaker who who installed himself and his family in, in California years ago. Is that uh, in uh, Carmel by the Sea? Yes, it's in Carmel, yes. It's Châtel. The name is Châtel. Yeah, I've been there. Nice. Yes, it's a super cool place. It's uh, just next to my uh, second passion with, with Pebble Beach, the, the very uh, cool uh, golf course. So you can do you can do both. And uh, and uh, and also one and one is doing the, the wind-up uh, in San Francisco, not very far. So so I had the chance to, to go in the same time. <coughs> Sorry. And... Um, and what I was saying, yes, and, to, and uh, we we tried. Uh, it was sell out very quickly with the with the stock we we were shipping him. So then we opened another one, and uh, and then another one, and we have opened like this now three four in France. Uh, in 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 US, we will open uh, Watch of Switzerland next year. It's a big uh, a big project for an exchange in the US. We open Japan, a few points of sale in Japan with Beyond Cool. And uh, also in Thailand, and I hope Singapore will will follow, um, and uh, Germany also, and uh, Italy. Uh, we are just opening a point to say we have a lot of traffic from Italy. The brand was very popular there too, uh, and uh, and go step by step. I think the the biggest thing I've learned is to go more step step by step. Be patient. Uh, don't uh, try to do too many things at the same time, even if uh, it's hard for me sometimes. And uh, um, and uh, and yes, and now it's like almost three years of Nevada, and uh, and thanks to this f- success, I will say uh, that's how I I get in touch with Vulcan uh, Vulcan owners, and that's all for a year or two. I work on a, on Vulcan strategy and product and distribution, and that we have relaunched Vulcan very much uh, uh, with good success in September, in mid September, and now we are. We are delivering the, the pre-orders from from September, and uh, and I will keep the same um, same strategy, uh, same price all year, no discount, no vente uh, privé, no private sales, no nothing like this. Small uh, small quantity first, and uh, and increase the the, the quantities uh, with the demands, and uh, and uh, adapt the volume to the demands, and uh, and be more more patient and. Uh, and uh, yes, and make the make the things work. So, how many people do you have working for you now? The thing is, I, I I've I'm, I've partnered with uh, with Moisha. So the, the thing is, Moisha is a, a company with more than two hundred people, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, subsidiaries in uh, in Switzerland, in uh, in uh, in China, in Hong Kong, in in the US. So I have uh, we, we are we are sharing the the teams. Uh, that means that. Um, uh, as Moisha is working for, for as is owning uh, like twenty brands, uh, we are sh- we are co-sharing the people. I mean, one people who is doing the website for this brand is also helping for the website for Nevada. Uh, for the customer service is the same thing. For the production is the same thing. But I will say like like now for like five five or well, six people full time on Nevada. Uh, almost, uh, I, we have also now uh, uh, um, a press uh, 
relation agency to uh, to Android eighty nine who is working uh, uh, with us now. So one people more, I would say. They're nice people, aren't they? They're very nice at two eight nine. Oh, yes, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because Mary is, is listening to us and she can't speak because she has to make too much party yesterday. Oh, oh, wow, she just put a comment in the chat. Did you see that? The nice comment in the chat, yes. <laughs> it starts with F-U-C. <laughs> ending with O-U. But I, my, my English is terrible, but uh, I think uh, I think Rob understand. You will translate to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think maybe I'll translate after the show. It's got a little bit colorful in the chat section. Oh dear. Yes. So yes. So so for funny it's like this, and and uh, and and the part maybe I'm I'm the more proud is that for Vulcan, uh, when I arrive, uh, so one year ago, um, there was only so there is still the 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 manufacturer building in the Locke in Switzerland, which is uh, super cool. Uh, there was only one watchmaker left. Uh, in uh, last November, and now there are three watchmakers full time, and uh, and two interns. So there was last time I came, it was like five guys in the in the in the watch uh, in the watchmaking uh, area. So doing the from T zero to T one, T two. they were doing uh, the, all the all the step of the movement, assembling of the the cricket movement uh, in house. And uh, and uh, and so now five people are working for for Vulcan at the watchmaking, plus uh, five people in the in the administrative uh, area and one one salesman. So now it's, it's cool to see that uh, that Vulcan is uh, is uh, is reborning the, the good way, and that uh, is finding its public. Um, a lot of people were waiting to that something happens, and uh, I hope we we find. Uh, a way to to bring what they they are writing for. I think you're doing a great job. I mean, you're focusing on the the real core ideals of the brand, and the cricket is a watch that's always been uh, on my wish list because I'm a. I don't know why I find American presidential history so interesting, but that one is an icon and favored by more than one president in the past. So I'll have to get one of those. I think I like the. I can't decide which I like the most. The cricket classic, maybe. I think. That's a smart looking watch with some nice Arabic numerals on it. So talking of watches, which is what this podcast is about, what watch are you wearing today? Um, I'm wearing uh, a Vulcan Cricket. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm more into the, um, the tradition, um, tradition collection. I really like those, mm-hmm. uh, those Dauphin ends and, uh, and uh, Bright Indexes, the Black Dial. I'm wearing mostly the Black Dial uh, with, the, um, with the Gold and Hands uh, Indexes. Gold color and uh, and uh, thirty six millimeter. I really like the size. Um, in fact, uh, we respect the same exact case and size as the <clears throat> as the vintage ones. The first thing I did when I, I came to the lock is to open the the safe with uh, all the vintage collection from Vulcan and uh, and to to then to decide which one uh, were uh, the the best uh, candidate for reedition. Uh, I think the the idea, as you said, is to 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 keep the core identity, core um, um, uh, the essence of Vulcan. And uh, in fact, that's what I, I've seen uh, when uh, Jean-Frédéric Dufour took back uh, uh, Zenith uh, in uh, when I when I was there. He was uh, he was checking the past collection. He was checking the the Manfred Rosler, which is the the Zenith collector bible with all the the vintage collection from Zenith. 
And uh, I did the same with the Chrono Master only book uh, for, for Nevada. Uh, with the, all the, they, they did a terrific job. Uh, the same guy as a Spin Master only. And, uh, and I did a terrific research a job on uh, collecting all the dials, keys, uh, pushers, uh, keys back of the Chrono Master. And for Vulcan, uh, the, the, the best, it was even better because uh, I had the, the pieces uh, in my hands, uh, fresh from the safe and uh, fresh from the, from the museum. So, uh, it was, uh, it was super cool uh, to, and then to test also on Instagram because the, the other thing I didn't, uh, say is that, uh, I, I, I use a lot the, the community. So, uh, so I, I try to, to see the reaction on the Insta, uh, And when you post a story with uh, with this watch, you say, "Okay, uh, I think this one is the best candidate for the reedition." And uh, you have a lot of message to tell you, uh, "No, you 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 stupid guy, uh, this is not the model we want." <laughs> I listen to the guy, you know, and uh, and then I propose another one, and they say, ah, "Okay, this one is even better, is much better." But uh, but for Vulcan, it was uh, it was almost all in. Enfin, all all the the, the things we proposed were were accepted very, and also the size. They liked the respect the size of the of the case and um, and that was yes a, a very good match from start and that's how we have new ideas of collection for example for Nevada sometimes you had a, you have uh, old collectors uh, from Italy who share you uh, uh, very cool uh, advertising from the 60s with the Antarctic spider and then you regram this and the guy said wow I want this watch uh, and now it's one of the, our best seller. Uh, is the Antarctic Spider in terms of volume for Nevada. So um, listening to the community is also one big, yes, one of the biggest uh, thing I do and the more important thing I do. That's interesting. Uh, it's obviously a great way to build a brand and I can see how active you are on Instagram channels and how much positive feedback you're getting as well, which I suppose isn't surprising because you are quite a nice guy, um, even though you're a bit subversive um, so um from a personal perspective okay you seem to have a a passion for collecting these slightly dormant brands and then bringing them back to life and you know establishing them in the industry by putting their formerly respected best foot forward have you got another brand or more than one brand that you know of that is currently inactive that you'd like to get your hands on and bring back to prominence Yes, but uh, it's a uh, it's a question uh, I uh, I usually have. Uh, it's uh, that's all um, the unicorn that everyone is want to do uh, and to to bring back to life is uh, obviously it's uh, Universal Geneva. And uh, oh, yeah, oh, of course, God, that'd be amazing if you got your hands on that. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. It's uh, it's a dream. Huh? But uh, we tried with some friends already to. To enter in contact with them and to 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 ask what the fuck are you doing with your brand, and uh, but they just don't care. Fine. it's uh, it's uh, they say no, we are not interested. But the the guy who is owning this is a is a is a billionaire in uh, in Hong Kong, so he doesn't have uh, I think a need for cash. But um, yeah, I think they are doing only after sell service now, and so it's 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 a shame because this brand deserves. Uh, deserve better it's uh, yeah, i think it should be like uh, le Coultre or even patek fine it's uh, it's a well, not, not, not patek but uh, the micro rotor movement the the, the pole router the the, the the chronograph amazing chronograph you had in this collection fin, you need to bring that 
Back. Yeah, there's so much, so much that you could do with that. That would be, oh, what a match made in heaven. That would be you producing a pole router. I would be standing in line outside any store, especially if it was uh, in Carmel by the sea, waiting to buy one of those because, oh, yeah, that is that is nice. No, and that would be uh, the best one. But uh, yes, I think uh, but I, I made a list uh, with uh, Nevada, Vulcan, also about Excelsior Park, which we are we, we're burning to. And uh, and yes and uh, and, uh, and Universal was on the top of the list, but uh, but uh, yes, uh, it would be. But it would be also a, a bigger budget because you will need to have the the, the movement manufacturer also exactly like uh, it was uh, the same size. So I don't know what they have left on the. Uh, but yes, I think it's a, it's a multi million budget to already to buy the brand and then to. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But if you did it right, then I mean, it would become, I think, an instant classic because there's no real reason or it feels like there's no real reason now when we look back on the last 30 or 40 years of watchmaking history, why the pole router isn't still available. It should have been one of those watches that survived through the tumult of the quartz crisis and whatnot, but it's obviously just fallen out of production and now we need it to come back. Yeah, but it's, it's like, a, it's a real classic. It's like you have, a, you have the Reverso, you have the Royal Oak, you have the uh, the Vulcan Cricket, uh, you have the, uh, the, the Chronomaster from Nevada, you have the Speedmaster from Omega. I mean, you have a lot of fun. You have a few classics like this, and, uh, and the Paul Rotter is one of them for sure. Absolutely, it is. Uh, talking of individual watches rather than specific brands that you'd like to bring back together, do you have a personal Grail watch that you have either acquired or hoped to acquire at some point in your life? I had the chance to have uh, uh, collected uh, most of them. Uh, but uh, the 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 one I really want uh, right now is uh, is a Patek Philippe Nautilus. Uh, but uh, I don't want to overpay it, and uh, I need to. Uh, I was too late on the on the. Fin. I should have bought it before, you know, like everyone will tell you, uh, when it was not uh, crazy like this. But yes, I think uh, uh, a micro rotor one. Uh, uh, 57 uh, for 12 I'm, I'm not very good with the with the reference but uh, I, I want the, the one with the moon phase of, of course and uh, but also a classic one without uh, only the hours and minutes and so um, just a couple of nautiluses then that's it yes I, I would love to uh, uh, to get one um, of them but then when, the thing is that uh, when you get it uh, you you want another one? Enfin, it's uh, it's always the same thing. I have like uh, fifty watches in or more, and uh, it's it's always the same. It's uh, you, you you get it. You are super happy for one day or two. <laughs> uh, but for this one, I think a week. <laughs> well, where, what, money well spent. Money well spent. Yeah, and, and then you say, okay, now which one? And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's the issue with collecting. Enfin, it's. Uh, and uh, with collecting watches or, or cars, is that uh, uh, I'm also very much into cars. And uh, it's, but in fact, but the thing, what is good in, in your cars is uh, even if you have a bad time, you can at least sleep in the car. But uh, with the watch, it's complicated. <laughs> 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 you know, if you have bad time with your girlfriend or bad time with, uh, with business, at least, yes, it's an opportunity. But uh, with the watch, uh, no. Uh, but yes, I think bah, a pole router. I don't have a pole router yet, too. And uh, it could be nice to get one before the price or too crazy, too. 
But I yes, had one briefly. I got my hands on one, uh, but it was it was already quite water damaged, and uh, I kind of liked it on the pictures. I, I got it um, from a dealer in Hungary, and I had like almost leopard uh, fur dial. That's what it looked like. All these little tiny spots, and I was like, "Oh, that's going to look great on my wrist," but it just looked awful in real life. And like so many pole routers, it didn't have an original crown. That's a real real problem. If you can find one with like perfect water resistance and an original crown, you're laughing, but I guess you have to pay a lot more these days than you would have done even two or three years ago because everybody's cottoned on to how nice the watch it is. Exactly. But I think now it's, uh, if you want a, a nice one, it's what, four, 5,000 USD, something like this? Yeah, and it used to be a tenth of the price. You know, I yeah. mean, everything used to be a tenth of the price, but I mean, like quite recently, uh, you could pick them up for less than a thousand in good condition, but that that's uh, those days are gone, unfortunately. What would be your ideal configuration? Dark dial? Gold hands, gold case, what? I, I really like the, the gold case, but I think uh, steel case, uh, classic, no date, uh, uh, would be nice. Um, I can get on board with that. Yeah, but if you have a Hungary, uh, uh, <laughs> I know some Hungarian people. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, we know Hungarian some people. Bad, some bad guys. <laughs> and uh, yes, I would uh, definitely uh, take one. Uh, yes, and the Patek is the yes is the fifty seven twelve. Fifty seven twelve. Okay. Well, if I see one um, knocking around in a window of a local jeweler's, I'll pick it up for you and just send it yeah. to post. But right now, it's it's the price is insane. Fine. I would prefer to wait. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to participate in the in this gray market of. Uh, I, I'm not very comfortable with this. Uh, I have some friends who are making a lot of money with this. It's crazy. Uh, well, lately a bit less, but still, and I am not very comfortable with this uh, Rolex and uh, and Patek thing and and Richard Mille or even more, but because uh, buying uh, one hundred forty thousand for a watch we can no- normally buy for forty thousand, it's already enough uh, expensive, and uh, I don't know what you feel about this, Rob, about the. The grey market. Tell me. I, uh, I I I have the same opinion as you do. To be honest, I mean, I don't think I've ever paid over retail for a watch, and I'm not sure I could ever bring myself to, even if I desperately wanted it. I, I'd much rather wait and get something at retail price um, than than shell out over the odds. And I I find it kind of disgusting. Yeah. To be honest, the practice of um, hype which unfortunately nowadays many brands and I do mean many brands are engaging in directly themselves to drive up the demand for their pieces. And it's just a sad state of affairs when this is the kind of almost psychological manipulation that brands feel they need to employ rather than just making good quality products at a reasonable price with a fair margin. You know, I, I get very annoyed sometimes on the other side of consumers complaining about the fact that luxury watches are expensive. Of course they're expensive and like people break down the cost of what it actually, what the material cost of producing a watch is and say, well, why is it two or three or four times as much as material cost? And it's like, because there's a lot that goes into making a watch isn't free and also time and design. It's like companies don't exist for the benefit of people around them they exist for their own benefit and if they want to be if they want to reap the real rewards then they will treat their consumers fairly and right and they'll make for them interesting products i recently had a a, a good chat with uh sylvan from breitling about his uh, months-long endeavor to remake the 
bezel of the Navitimer. So you know the old classic Breitling Navitimer had 30 meters water resistance and it had such a small water resistance because, well, on the one hand, it was a pilot's watch that didn't need to have water resistance. But on the other, it's because when you turn the bezel, the glass and the slide rule move with it. So there's this obvious like weak spot in the case construction. And he was of the opinion that every modern watch should utilize modern manufacturing standards to improve water resistance and daily wearability where possible. And so he dedicated months of his life to redesigning this mechanism. And now there's like a a geared mechanism in the bezel and the water resistance has sprung up. And even though that actually added, well, it tripled the cost of the case of the Navitimer to produce. But of course, Breitling decided, oh, well, we can't pass on these costs like exponentially to the customer or even directly because then the Navitimer would be twice as expensive or three times as expensive overnight and nobody would really understand why. It became tangibly better as a product. And that's the kind of thing that so few brands are doing. In fact, many brands are taking the opposite route. They're just they're upscaling production. They're, they're, they're dropping the quality so that they can make more money on each piece sold. And they're inflating the demand for these pieces so that nobody can even buy them at what is already a bloated retail price. So it's, it's quite distressing, to say the least. And it's creating a very weird phenomenon in the market well let's take let's take an example a a real example of say a rolex submariner Mm -hmm. i was doing some research in uh, in the u.s uh the other the other week um on prices available on joma shop right now now a rolex submariner should sell for around ten thousand dollars at retail roughly speaking just for the sake of argument let's say ten thousand dollars and an omega seamaster 300 um m professional in titanium, tantalum, and rose gold, so it's mm-hmm. a very luxurious Seamaster 300M, should sell for around 20000 But because the Rolex is trending way above retail, let's say that is selling for fifteen or 18000 and because Omegas of that nature can be had for under retail, the, the, they're dropping down so that the Omega's dropping down, so it's in the same price as this inflated Rolex. And so you've got two products that are vastly different in terms of material yeah. quality or precious metals now retailing at the same amount. And it's completely befuddling watch buyers. Nobody really knows what to do with it. So I'm a big fan of you being so uh, staunch in your insistence that you will not give discount on the watches, that they won't sell below retail. That's very wise. And also making sure that those retail prices are fair. I mean, the the Chronomaster from Nevada Grenchen to me is one of the uh, most one of the best value watches in the industry. I can never believe how much it is. I always feel like, oh, I've got, I must be missing something. Is this is, is this quartz or you know is is it just is is it not what I think it is? Has it got like one meter water resistance? Is it made of paper? Blah blah blah. No, it's actually one of the best and one of the nicest made and most elegantly put together watches available right now. And talking of that piece, yep. this is bringing me on to another conversation that I, I want to have with you. You've recently did a special edition with Time and Tide, our good friends at Time and Tide. We love and respect Time and Tide very much. And uh, we also love Andrew's new project about effing time with Adrian and George. That's very cool. And you buddied up with uh, Romaric from Second Second. So you did this um, three-way collab with three versions available, uh, the Chaos Master. Very cool. Um, I believe they're all gone now. Unfortunately, I, I didn't. I didn't move fast enough as usual. Um, but tell me, how was that project? What are the guys like to work with? 
And what do you think about limited edition watches in general? Do you think the industry has had too many of them or do you think there's always room for a little bit more? Yes, to, to answer on the on the time and tide in, uh, in Romaric, uh, it's, uh, it was a very nice uh, uh, threesome, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was a super cool uh, collaboration. Um, we started this in, uh, in Geneva at uh, time, and, uh, time to Watches uh, Fair Show. And um, we had a discussion with, uh, with Andrew first. Uh, it was the first time we met, and, uh, but he was, uh, he was uh, kind of lo- uh, loved the, uh, the chronomaster, like, like you, uh, like the prices too. Uh, and to answer also on that is that the, the chronomaster, we just take less margin than, than, uh, than competitors. That's why also the price is good. It's because we, 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 we decided to go more to direct consumer. And, uh, and to sell online and, uh, and, and, and a few with, uh, with wholesale. And, um, that's, that's, that's the, the answer because the costs are almost the same as, uh, you can have for, for the same thing at, uh, Tiger or, or Longines or, uh, or others. But, um, but yes, so to come back to, to time and tide. So yes, we had a very good chat with, uh, with Andrew. Andrew is a, is a very cool guy. Uh, crazy guy, uh, but uh, he knows these things. Uh, he wanted to do something. Uh, he saw the, the collaboration we did with uh, Romaric, uh, second second, on the Death Master, the jellyfish, uh, which was our first collaboration with him. Um, so we played with the Pac-Man and the jellyfish on the uh, on the Pac-Man are decodial of the Death Master, and uh, and he wanted to do something also with him. Uh, so I told him about for the Death Master we already did something, so we can do for the Chrono Master. Maybe we can find some some ideas. And then Romari came with this uh, his crazy mind, and his, uh, we 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 started a, a WhatsApp group, uh, uh, the three of us, and we started to to discuss and to exchange. Uh, uh, you know what uh, free guys do in a in a WhatsApp group. Huh? I, I let you imagine, and uh, and then uh, came uh, Romaric with this uh, good idea of the the Chaos Master uh, with the, the kind of post COVID watch with the also the the thing that uh, uh, Andrew was on the other side of the world. So uh, we, he played with uh, all these elements and uh, and uh, and bring his uh, his Romaric touch. So. And uh, and uh, and we did yes a free version of of the smiley. He also reversed the, the 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 writing and the logo on the on the dial if you if you if you pay attention to the to the t- details. And um, and with a super cool storytelling, he's also when he's not just doing a, um, a cool second ends on the watch, he's also bringing a, a full concept that sometimes is only one to understand, but. Um, but then you, when you infuse and uh, and you say, oh yes, fuck, it's super cool idea, and uh, and then it, it come it came like this. He's uh, he's working on his uh, on his graphic. Enfin, it's very detailed, very uh, um, passionate and uh, uh, very maniac. You know, he's uh, but he's very artist. Yeah, he's nuts. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of nuts. Yes, exactly. Is uh, but I I like to to work with him. We have a very good relationship. We made collaboration also with uh, with Vulcan. We will we, we'll come up uh, uh, very soon in January. So if you want some uh, some uh, how do you say that uh, scoop, we'll do a, a collab with uh, with Romaric and uh, and also with Waco from Revolution for for that will come up uh, in in January. On the uh, on the volcano on the cricket. Yeah, yeah, on the cricket. It will uh, you will see it's uh, it's cool. 
Uh, and um, and for the other question, yes, um, in a way, I will tell you, uh, yes, there is too much uh, sometimes limited edition. Fin, and for Nevada, it was crazy because we had too much, uh, fin, not, it's never too much, but that came in the same time, like in, uh, so Marie hated me even more because uh, she has uh, she has to work, you know, and to stop to party. And, um, <laughs> 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 and I don't know, and we had a lot of launches in, in, uh, in November, mid December. It's, uh, it was crazy, um, crazy, crazy time, uh, because with the late uh, components coming, late assembling, we had too, too much things to do, um, and, uh, and to launch, but, uh, in the end, yes, it sold out quite quickly, uh, with time and tide, uh, uh, also with one and one, we did something super cool with uh, about 20 old value 72. Uh, and we made a limited edition of 20 pieces. Uh, and also it was quite uh, a, a gap because we sell the watches for like 7,000 USD. So for us, it was uh, the biggest price we, we ever sell a watch on Nevada. Uh, and it sold out too. We made uh, also an, an because I, I like also when it's also affordable and people can really buy it. So we made a pre-order on the on the Mecha Quartz version of the Data Master with uh, uh, some crazy dial made by, by Zach, which is also uh, kind of uh, an artist. Um, he made some super cool dials and uh, and it sells super well too and uh, for 72 hours only. And we, we made like uh, 200 or 300 watches. Uh, that was cool. And, um, and so sometimes, yes, uh, you, you think it's always too much limited edition, but, um, also when we launch a new product, the first thing people are asking, uh, or commenting is, is it limited? Is it limited? And when you launch something that is not limited, sometimes you do just don't sell well because it's not limited. So, and, and then people tell you, uh, uh, why are you doing limited? Uh, because at first at Nevada, all the collection are not limited. We did very, very, very few limited edition. It was only because of the, for example, the value 23, we made it limited because we had only 50 movements. That's why it was limited. So all the core collection of Nevada are never limited. Uh, and then we had some little drop with Romaric from second second. So I tried that the main pieces, the more important pieces are not limited because I want that the more people uh, get it. But the usual question you have, it's always, is it limited? Is it limited? So it's a bit um, a schizophrenic uh, industry too. So yeah, I do wonder that actually it's one of those things that we hear a lot about in the media. People commenting on, oh, you know, the limited edition crisis that the watchmaking industry is experiencing. But I don't really know whether that's just us journalists in our echo chamber, like repeating something that we think sounds more legit than it actually is in real life because uh, consumers seem to lap up limited editions and i have to admit for my own purchasing habits i'm also a little bit thrilled when it's not crazy limited i don't like this i don't like the feeling oh i have something that someone else can't have but i like yeah. i do like the idea that it's sort of special and that it's not just a run-of-the-mill piece or that there's just endless amounts of them it just makes it feel more i don't know um valuable and respectful of the industry i guess you want that it's valuable you want to have uh, something you always want to have something that others don't have so that's uh that's the feeling uh, uh collectors uh want to have and uh, and are used to have too so uh it's uh 
it's uh, it's yes. I think it will be always like this. Fine. It's also the same thing for the cars industry, or even for the shoes now. You know, you have limited edition of uh, this kind of Nike. You have this. Fine. So it's uh, and and also in the term of production and manufacturing, uh, it's also a big thing in the in the industry. Is if you produce watches that you don't sell all the stock. Uh, then you have uh, you have a stock with uh, losing money. Uh, you need to sell the stock. You don't want to make discounts, but uh, in the end, if if it's not moving, you you will have to, and then you kill your your MSRP price. So the limited edition also enable you to produce something you you are more sure to sell out and to sell and to not have a, a stock with sleeping in your um, in your warehouse, so it's 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 also this is why it's also convenient for sometimes for for watch manufacturers, and also to come back to, um, to your Rolex uh, thing. Uh, I discussed. I had the chance to, but to, to still, uh, I'm still in contact with uh, with uh, Mister Dufour, with Jean Frédéric, and uh, and I spoke with him uh, in Geneva uh, about that, about the thing. Uh, uh, why are you not? Uh, producing more watches I, I asked him you know the, the question that uh, everybody wants to, to why it's uh, and, and he told me Guillaume since I'm at Rolex I have increased the production of 20% so maybe for you and me it's not huge but increase 20% uh, if they were doing and he gave me like the the, the exact digit like uh, when I arrived we were doing like uh, 1 million uh, 70 to 500 watches and now we are doing uh, 1 fa- 1 million 275,000 uh, watches and I was like what the fuck and, uh, and and but to to increase the production of 20% of Rolex you, you just don't have to, to to click on the button and to say okay we do 20% more you have to build new uh, warehouse you have to build new uh, assembling line you have to build uh, a building with uh, 2,000 people. Uh, they are doing everything from A to Z. Uh, they are doing uh, the, the best quality you can imagine in the watch industry. Enfin, to be honest, uh, a Rolex is is cheap. If you if you buy, uh, it's very, it's the best value for money. You have the the more uh, reliable movement uh, components. Uh, everything is tested, over tested. You have uh, uh, an army of engineers. Uh, they have uh, all the uh, the brevet, uh, they have everything in in their. Uh, it's 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 the NASA of watches. It's uh, it's the it's the even better than Porsche for for car if you compare. So it's um, it's even good price to find. It's super good price for the quality. And uh, if you buy it at retail, and then but you have the hype things, but it's because now when you have uh, you have more people who can buy Rolex all around the world, you have only one million two hundred. Thousand watches doing manufacture every year, so for the whole world, it's it's not enough for sure. And because also now the habits of the the consumer are changing. I mean, uh, if you speak about our parents or grandparents, they were buying maybe one watch, they have one Rolex, one Omega, and that's it. Now uh, you want the Daytona in uh, white dial, you want the Daytona in black dial, you want the Daytona uh, in some collectors. They have one, two, three, four, five Daytona. So if you had the if you multiply the thing that there is a lot of more people who can now buy a Rolex and that now that just don't buy only one, but they buy three, four, five Rolex. Uh, that's why also the, the price is getting crazy. Yeah. I mean, price is skyrocketing on the, 
pre-loved and that's i mean that's very it's a very loose term isn't it pre-loved because most of these watches on the secondary market have never been loved they've just been bought and sold um that's been one of the trends of the last year and a half two years um even since the start of the pandemic what do you think the trends in the next years are going to be what do you foresee coming in 2023 and beyond but what i what i've heard from the market is that uh also the other thing why people uh, Found the, the pricing of the of the secondary market for but uh, don't uh, uh, it's only for AP it's only for uh, Richard Mille and Rolex uh, and, and Patek the, the the rest is not hyping that much uh, or maybe some vintage Omega and uh, and things like this but uh, uh, for most of the brand uh, even for Jaeger uh, or for the classic Omega for you or Breitling uh, which are very good brand you don't see the the price like this, uh, doubling or tripling. So, and, uh, and because, as you know, the, uh, there was a big lot of too much money from the, uh, NFT, from the, from the, 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 the meta. I am not very familiar with this, but there was a lot of money, uh, of, a lot of people make a lot of money with crypto money, uh, and they bought watches and, uh, and the prices get crazy. And what, uh, what but we have seen uh, recently is that, uh, the NFT thing uh, dropped a lot, uh, and uh, and from what I heard from secondary market is that there is a lot of uh, of AP uh, Rolex and uh, Patek that uh, um, they just want people to 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 sell, so the price are dropping. I probably probably the because the the thing is when you when those guys want to have the AP, they buy uh, a lot of watches in the in the shop, so they will buy the Romain. Romain Jérôme Watch, they will buy the, the Rolex that no one wants to buy because uh, it's the color is ugly. They will buy the, the Breitling, they will buy the, the Gégère Lecou Traverso uh, uh, with uh, Platinum, uh, Dial, the, because they want to have the allocation. So if now they cannot resell the watch, uh, the price uh, they were supposed to, to do, for example, uh, at one time, the Patek uh, Nautilus, uh, One of my friends sell it for 250 or 260,000 watches. Uh, wow. Uh, and now the same watch is like only uh, 180,000, you know? So yeah. the guy who bought it at 280,000, he lost 100,000, you know? <laughs> so it's uh, okay. But my friend, to get this, uh, this Patek, he has bought all the pieces uh, in, the, in the shop from other brands uh, to please the, the AD. So if he now don't want to, will not make enough money reselling his Patek, he will not buy all the the slow movers from other brands. So that means that the world market and other brands who, uh, who benefit, in fact, from this will not benefit anymore. So uh, probably the market will be will be much more, uh, will be softer and will be harder. Uh, it depends on which way you are, but it will be, more um, uh, difficult to sell watches, I think, uh, and the sellout for some runs will uh, will drop because of this. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it actually manifests um, over the coming months because uh, it's uh, obviously tumultuous times for everybody. And, uh, well, who, who knows what's coming next? It's always like this. In the industry, I'm here for for not that much ID, uh, years, but uh, I've seen already the bubble and uh, the bubble... Uh, explode and then the bubble grows. So it's always like this. Right? So, uh, 
but I hope it will not explode too much, to be honest, huh? for sure. But um... we like a big bubble, that's for sure. We like the bubble to be as big <laughs> as possible. Um, so yeah, you said you haven't been in the industry for too long, but you have been in the industry for quite a long time now. I mean, how many years has it been since you started your career? Um, but I uh, graduated in 2009, so uh, blah, 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 I think 2010 or 2009 at Zenith, so uh, 15, 14 years, something like this. Not bad, not bad at all. So what's been the highlight so far? The highlights? Ah, but you, you mean meeting you and Marie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the highlights, uh, I think, uh, bah, Vulcan, Vulcan, to be honest, is, uh, is quite uh, an achievement because I, I've seen this brand uh, I, and I thought about this brand a long time ago because when I uh, even arrived in, uh, in Le Locle uh, working for Zenith, I saw this brand and, uh, and I was just a little guy uh, for first job at, uh, at Zenith and to now be the guy who is uh, handling the the, the the brand strategy and uh, and uh, and make this brand uh, reborn and uh, and making work I think it's uh, it's something that I would not have imagined when I when I came uh, uh, to work uh, to start to work for Zenith I would never have imagined enfin, I would have loved to be the the brand CEO but uh, that, that's what you dream when you are 25 years old but uh, to 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 succeed and uh, and also with a different path of what I did with the Kickstarter thing, with the um, and in the end to arrive here and to 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 make this brand uh, back on track, it's a it's a it's a great highlight. Uh, no, it's about as good as it gets, to be honest. Um, and the response to all of the brands that you've brought back to life so far has been well incredibly positive from the community. I think because of what you've learned from your previous experiences and how you've gone about communicating not just the new models and the limited editions, but also the ideals of the brand and how you like to work and what you hope the future of these brands and any others you might acquire if Universal Genève ever wants to hand over the reins to you. But for brands like Nevada Grenchen and Volcane, especially in Excelsior Park, how important are trade fairs and uh, public events where you can actually meet people, meet your colleagues in the industry and whatnot. Do you think that the uh, physical get-togethers that were put on hold throughout COVID are just as important or maybe even more important than ever? And what do you see their future looking like? But I think it was, uh, it was super cool to, to be back on, uh, on the watch fair. I think the first watch fair we did was, uh, but it was one-in-one -one in San Francisco. Sorry, I have my... Uh... My personal assistant who is uh, who is uh, going out of the of the flat right now. <laughs> as, as you go, make some make some noise now. <laughs> uh, yes, it's my girlfriend. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and uh, as she she knew that she wasn't able to make some noise, she just uh, make me uh, some bad sign with uh, some. Uh, but anyway, she will uh, she she will. Um, she will be nervous after that. Um, so what I was saying, yes. So so, so just to yes, I, I think it's uh, it's something super important because you 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 get in touch with your real customer, uh, with uh, with journalists and uh, and with uh, watch aficionados who want to touch the watches in real and to see it and to speak to you. So it's um, uh, even for me, which why I'm a digital guy because I'm I'm pre-selling online, I sell online the most, and I'm very 
on the digital uh, sphere. I think it's also super important to have the the, the watch fair and the, what one and one is doing or what uh, time to watch is doing or what watch is in wonders and this kind of show. Because in fact, uh, uh, after two years of uh, or more of uh, COVID uh, shit, um, it's it's super important to see people in, in, in real. That's what we did uh, when we met uh, and when I see your your beautiful sweater and your and your muscles in uh, in Geneva, Rob. I think it was <laughs> it was important to, to see you at least once, you know. <laughs> my, my beautiful sweater and my muscles, man. I just, yeah, I'm more than a piece of meat, buddy. You know, I, I'm a beautiful mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not the target, but uh, I think it's it's true. <laughs> true true well well my, my my next question my last question actually is now going to sound more like a request for a date than anything else but i was going to say when are we going to have a pint together <laughs> sexy boy <laughs> uh, i mean uh anytime you want i think uh, if you come in paris i would be super happy to to offer you more than a pint maybe uh maybe champagne you know oh and uh and let's see where it goes but um... <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. I'm wrapping this up before it gets any bluer. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off. Okay, that's it. It's done. Okay. I think uh, for the next show, uh, no, no, it's it's too late. So you have to come to Paris before or, or anywhere. Tell me, tell me, Rob. Tell me. All right, I'll text you. Um, yeah, <laughs> I will. I'll slide into your DMs. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Guillaume, that was amazing. That was one of the most enjoyable recording sessions I've had since we started the Real Time Show. If any of our listeners have questions for Guillaume about any of his ventures, then please contact me on Instagram. That's at Rob Nuds, R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S, or contact my normal co-host, Alan Ben-Joseph. That's at a-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H or you can email either of us directly either rob at therealtime.show or alon at therealtime.show we'll be back next week until then stay safe and keep on ticking I'm going to text you. I'm going to start sending you lots of like selfies and, you know, little love notes and whatnot. And then hopefully we can hang out sooner rather than later. Send me pics, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you pics. Yeah. All right. Yeah.